0: You may be seated.
1: Our first lesson today is from Mark chapter 4, verses 35 to 41. On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. Other boats were with him. A great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that the boat was already being swamped. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion, and then woke with him and and said to him, "'Teacher, do you not care that we are being perished?' He woke up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, "'Peace, be still.' Then the wind ceased, and there was a dead calm. He said to them, "'Why are you afraid?' Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great awe, and said to one another, Who then is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? God bless the reading of his word.
0: I'm going to be reading the uh, scripture lesson from Second Corinthians as part of the sermon, so I'm going to invite you at this point to uh, join your hearts with me in prayer. Your Word is always speaking, Lord. We are not always listening. But in the stillness of these moments, may we hear Your Word. And by Your Spirit, may we know Your presence and do Your will to glorify Christ our Lord. Amen. We are gathered here today to bid God speed to the Stapletons, to thank them for their work and presence with us these past years, but also we are gathered here this morning to worship God. We'll be saying more specific things later in the service of commemoration to their work among us, especially Diane's work with our children and more recently also with our youth. But before we get to that part of the surface, I just want to say a few words about difficult journeys, difficult journeys. Jesus had just talked to the disciples about sowing seed in different kinds of soil. He talked to them about putting a lamp on a stand so that it could bring light to the entire house. He talked about the mystery of a growing seed. The sower throws it into the ground and goes to sleep, and over a period of days it begins to sprout. He knows not how. He talked about the faith that starts as a little teeny tiny mustard seed and grows into a shrub large enough so the birds can come and nest and rest in its shade. All parables attempting to explain how just a little bit of faith can become huge courage when it's experienced in the real world. The disciples had just heard these these parables about faith, and yet, yet the little disciples have come out of their Sunday school lesson with their mustard seeds in the little plastic cups, you remember that? The disciples had their coloring pages of glowing lamps on stands lighting up an entire room with little samples of soil in Dixie cups, rocky soil, no seed, shallow soil, no seed, hard-packed soil, no seed, and then the one that actually has potting soil in it with a little green leaf sticking up through the black earth. That was the disciples as they got into the boat that evening, embarking into the real world after the lessons. They get into a boat and cross the Sea of Galilee. These are the disciples, many of whom are experienced fishermen. This was not their first boat rodeo. They just had several lessons on faith, but the wind and the rain of the real world came and crashed over the side of their boat, and they panic. Gone are the lessons about God's promised care. Gone are the applications of the songs and the stories. Gone is the happy little skit performed for their benefit to understand growing faith. There is a storm, and they're a mess. Jesus, on the other hand, is fast asleep in the squall, dozing on a cushion. He is so deeply out that they have to shake him to awaken him. And he stumbles to the side of the boat, looks at the storm, and says, Knock it off! And there's calm he can go back to his much-needed nap but just before he falls back to sleep he tells his disciples while they have been hearing the teaching and singing the songs and taking the lessons they even memorized their verses they failed the test why are you afraid have you no faith The story even ends with a completely off-point observation. The disciples don't feel the reprimand that they should have more faith, that they should have trusted God to sustain them through the storm, that they should have learned the promise that a little faith could have made a big difference. No, no, no. They said, did you see that? Jesus has power over the wind. How like them we are. It's like the temperance lecture. The guy who would go from school to school to tell children about the demon alcohol. He would put out a cup of water, and into that cup of water, he would place an earthworm. And the earthworm would wriggle and thrive in that cup of water. And then he'd pour a glass of whiskey. And he'd put a worm in that glass of whiskey, and in a few moments, the worm would shrivel and die. And he'd say, and what? can we learn from this little hand in the back goes up and says we learned that if you drink whiskey you won't have worms (laughs) so to Diane in particular keep this thought when Jesus himself taught a lesson even the disciples didn't really get the message Many of our confirmands, after hours of lessons and conversations and videos and faith statements, when asked about what it is they remember most from their confirmation class, very few of them say, justification by grace through faith. Most of them say, I really loved playing ditto. Paul writing to the church in Corinth had the same frustration. He'd spent a year and a half preaching and teaching in Corinth, Telling the church about faith, about the grace of God, about his witness to God's sustaining power. He wrote them letters answering their questions. And by the record, it seems there were several letters. And from this one, we have only two in Scripture. But today's reading from those late correspondents. And after all of this, he is still frustrated because they just don't get it. This is what he wrote in Second Corinthians 6. As we work together with Him, we urge you also not to accept the grace of God in vain. For as He says, An acceptable time I have listened to you, and on a day of salvation I have helped you. See, now is the acceptable time. See, now is the day of salvation. We're putting no obstacle in anyone's way so that no fault may be found with our ministry. But as servants of God, we have commended ourselves in every way. Through great endurance, in afflictions, in hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, sleepless nights, hunger, by purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, holiness of spirit, genuine love, truthful speech, and the power of God. With weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left, in honor and in dishonor, in ill repute and good repute. We are treated as impostors, and yet we are true. We're treated as unknown, and yet we are well known, as dying, and see, we are very much alive, as punished, but we're not killed, as sorrowful, yet always rejoicing, as poor, yet making many lives rich. As having nothing, yet possessing everything. We have spoken frankly to you, Corinthians. Our heart is wide open to you. There is no restriction in our affections, but only in yours. In return, I speak to you as children. Open wide your hearts also you can feel the pain in his words after all this I still have to speak to you as children what will we remember I've worked with Diane long enough to know that her ministry among us has been laser focused on God's promise to never leave us or forsake us that the boundless love of God for us expressed through the constant presence of Jesus in our lives that has been the call and focus of her ministry among us and what will we remember? Oversized glasses? Goofy characters? A tongue-depressor, googly-eyed, yarn-haired Jesus? A laminated flat Jesus? Stuffed lions and giraffes? Ice skates? Skits? Posters? Welcome banners? Painted arcs? and gut-groaning puns? And in the same manner, what will Diane and Tom take with them from us? Will they remember that our hearts go with them? That by the power of the Holy Spirit, we are still connected and in deep fellowship, no matter what the physical distance may be. We are still together in that same Spirit. Or when the wind whips up on the road, crossing that eternal wasteland expanse that is going to be between us and you, called the state of Nebraska. (laughs) Will you feel separated? Will you feel alone? Except, Paul kept writing letters. It frustrated him that the Corinthians were still squabbling over petty issues, and yet he kept praying and working and writing. Their disconnect did not disconnect him. And when the storm came up and the disciples were despairing, terrified, empty of all sense of calm, they were in a manic panic, having forgotten every word of peace and grace and faith of God's promise. Guess what? turned out Jesus was in the boat right there with them. When Tom and his friend were driving a U-Haul to Colorado last week, taking the first stash of Stapleton stuff to storage, like the alliteration, came up with that this morning, first stash of Stapleton stuff to storage, winds did whip up across the state of Nebraska. 60 mile an hour crosswinds whipping the U-Haul on Interstate 80. They pulled off. They waited until the flag at the rest stop was not absolutely perpendicular to the ground. The wind eventually slowed. They were safe. They continued on without incident. Unremarkable was their fatigue when they arrived at Fort Collins, Colorado. Like the disciples getting out of the boat after the Sea of Galilee was in a storm. Let me ask you this. Who made the wind stop? Turns out, Jesus was there. Whether or not the disciples got it, God's Spirit was present even when the Corinthians were being thick-skulled boneheads. That's the word for us. For the Stapletons. For Elisa. For Lori. It's a simple word. It's a word we use all the time. And the word is goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye not a pledge of good hope or good luck or bon voyage but the deep pronouncement of that simple reminder found in the long ago shortened phrase of parting goodbye which when you slow it down and take it to its original construction the words are these God be with ye God be with ye that is a promise but a fact. God be with ye. Turns out, wherever you may go, no matter what storms, no matter how bad the winds, no matter how much we misunderstood the lesson, Jesus is on the boat. God be with ye. Goodbye. Amen.